You're up, you're ready, and you're listening to the Britney Mac Podcast. Everyone has a story. Applying them to Inspire the World Weekly on Motivation Mondays. Here's your host, Britney Mac. Thank you for listening to the Brittany Mac Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Mac, and today we will have Brittany Davies. 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 Davies battling with her father's abuse and the results she faced after he has passed away. So, hello, Brittany. Welcome to the Brittany Mac Podcast. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Brittany, Brittany Davis. I am 32. I have three children. I just got married recently. Woo. Yes. I got married to Brandon's cousin. Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> he brought her to the podcast. Yes. Thank yes. you so much for bringing her, Brandon. Oh, no problem. No problem. I see, when I see greatness, I bring greatness on Aww, the podcast. Thank you, Brandon. Brandon's my favorite. First, this conversation is going to be a little bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. because I've never really talked to anybody about it besides, like, of course, my mom and my sister. Mm-hmm. We can take it. So it's a lot of people who are, like, immediate family who don't know. Like, I talked to my cousin a couple years ago, and she was like, I had no idea. Like, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. It's like, how could you not know? But my first memory of my father is we were living in Alaska because my mom was in the Navy. I was born in Guam Mm. in 1986. Where is that? Uh, It's by China. So it's, like, hours and hours away from the from the United States. Mm-hmm. So my mom, grandma was devastated when my mama had to find out, you know, she was being shipped off to Guam. And oh, so you're a military kid. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. She was even more devastated when she found out that she was pregnant and didn't have anybody with her. So it was literally just my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, my earliest memory is that, we, you know, we were in Alaska, and I was about two years old. Mm-hmm. And my dad got mad at my mom for whatever reason and punched her. And then flipped a mattress on top of her and locked us in the room. It's just me and my mama in the room. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we were in there for a couple hours because we were barricaded in there or if she just needed some time to get herself together. But Away we were, from him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my my dad was not just only abusive. He was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And as I get older, I know that I struggle with alcohol, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's generational. It's my mom's dad was an alcoholic, and my dad was an alcoholic, and my grandmother, his mom, was an alcoholic. So it's times where I feel like I gotta have, like, I need something to drink to calm my nerves, and it doesn't have to be that way. I'm trying to get out of that thinking mm-hmm. now. But mm-hmm. um, after we moved from Alaska, we moved back to Ohio, where my mother and dad are from um, in Sandusky. And, of course, now we're surrounded by a whole bunch of family. The alcoholism gets a lot, lot worse. And now I have a little sister at seven years old. She doesn't really remember the abuse, but I can remember a time where my mom was working for NASA. Like, my mom was doing some big stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. she really was. Mm -hmm. And she would—we lived in this town called Sandusky, and Cleveland was like an hour and a half away. So she would have to drive an hour and a half every day. Mm-hmm. to go to work to work for NASA and she was working the night shift so can you just imagine like having to sleep all day deal with kids waking up in the middle of the night drive a half hour and then be tired and then come back home and deal with your husband's BS Do we, can we cuss on this? 
You can. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> it makes it more authentic hey, and show how you really <laughs> feel. <laughs> my mama heard this John at this point. She know how your boy is, so... <laughs> I remember like um, one instance where I was getting ready. My mom was going to work. Mm-hmm. So it was the evening time. And I can't remember if my sister was born yet, but I was I was young and they were arguing for whatever reason. And I could peek down in my, uh, we, my room from upstairs, look out the window. And my dad was beating my mom up in the car like he was like over her beating her up in the car punches mm-hmm. to the face punches to the face punches to everywhere and it was so bad my mom had to drive herself to the hospital Ooh, and my mom wow. was in the hospital and i don't know if i'm making this up or not or if this is true but i know she had a couple broken bones wow and i remember having to go up there with my dad to visit my mom in the hospital mm-hmm. and it was like even that young i was processing like okay so this is how you're supposed to love somebody you're supposed to if mm-hmm. i want to be with somebody he gonna have to beat me up mm-hmm. and you know I'm, you know, he's not just abusing my mom; he's abusing me as well, like mm-hmm. hitting me and wow, um, just whoopings were too much. Like it's just, it was okay. So my daddy loves me. My daddy said he loves me, mm-hmm. so he did. He said he loved my mama too. He's whooping my mama, and he's whooping me. So this is what love has to be like. And then as as I got a little bit older, I had to realize like, hey, this is not how. You're not supposed to make somebody cry to love them. Mm-hmm. Love doesn't hurt. No, love does not hurt. It's not hurt. pain. But at the same time, like my grandmother, uh, Pat, she knew of the situation. She's my, my I'm not going to say my favorite grandma because I don't have a favorite, but I love my grandma. And she was not doing anything to help the situation, of course, because that's her son. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You don't want to pick sides. It's your, that's your child, you know. Mm-hmm. But I would just, I can remember being so mad at her, like, because why won't you help my mama? Like, this is, you love me. This is my mama. Why won't you help us? Like, and, you you're, know? and you're a woman. And you're a woman. Like, yes. why can't you do anything? And I rem- now my mom tells me, like, nobody wanted to help me because I was with this grown man and he wasn't doing anything for me, like what you married for and nobody wants to help and you know if you're married why do you need somebody else's help your Mm -hmm. spouse Mm -hmm. is supposed to be there to help you Mm -hmm. and so like nobody wanted to like give my mama any assistance because my dad was such a firecracker like he was terrible like Mm -hmm. i mean he was a good person but once he that alcohol that wild hours rose got into him he Mm -hmm. was a beast yeah and then we up and moved here to memphis when i was 10 and uh, we were here for like maybe I was in middle school, and my mom just up and decided one day she was done, mm-hmm. and she was going to leave him, and that's what she did. And my dad stalked my mom and busted windows. You said he stopped her or stalked, stalked her? Stalked. Okay. Like, he was following us around. Like, we didn't have a car at the time. The person my mom was dating, they had a car, mm-hmm. and they he slashed that person's tires, so we had to, like, walk to school. Jesus. Meanwhile, we were in we were living in South Memphis, uh-huh. um, and I was going to White Station to go to school because that's where we were bused to. And my mm-hmm. sister was going to, I can't remember the name of the school. But anyway, we had to walk my sister to school, and my daddy found us, like, out of nowhere and just started berating us. I'm your daddy. You come here. You walk with me. And I was like, I don't want to walk with my daddy. Like, I'm so scared. Uh-huh. And my mom was like, no, just go with your daddy. Just to calm him down, just go. And it was, he was crazy. Um, and then you know, she left my dad. My dad went back to Ohio. After a couple of years, he had to come back to Memphis. And by this time, like, I'm grown. I have a child of my own. I have two children. So you didn't see your dad for how many years? Maybe five. Five? Okay. Yeah. We used to go up there every summer. But as I got older, I was like, there's no point for me to keep going. Like, I don't want to go. 
mm-hmm. anymore, only because of my own personal. Like by this time, his mom had passed, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to. I just didn't want to be up there no more. I didn't want to do it. I was old enough to do my own thing here in Memphis, like have a job, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, have my own friends, whatever. I just wanted to spend my time here. And then when he finally came back, all, all the things he had to do was mean to my mom or whatever. Guess where he had where he had to come back to? It's my mama. Mm-hmm. And she housed him and she fed him and she gave him a place to stay and he was still trash. Was your mom still single at the time? Yeah, she was still single. Okay. So the person who he beat mm-hmm. was the person who had to eventually help him. Yes. Mm. Mm. And I remember telling her. <laughs> it is. I remember her telling like, you are such a better person than I am because I would never like. Mm-hmm. You're not finna put me through this, and then you need a place to stay where I don't know what the that's shelter's a, open. That's Diary of a Mad Black Woman, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, it was just I like I feel that, like uh-huh. you retelling the damn story. That's how it be, though. That's how out. it be. That's true. And um, me and my dad, by this time when he came back, and I was a, I was an adult, and it's like okay, we have a strained relationship. Like you know the child Brittany, you don't know the adult Brittany. Mm-hmm. We don't have a relationship. So as I would try to mend my relationship with my father he was still mean and he was still rude and he would still say things but then i also had to realize like even though he's in school to become a pastor my dad is still drinking mm-hmm. my dad is still smoking my dad is still doing all these worldly things and still just being trash mm-hmm. question uh-huh. what made you care what made you want to mend your relationship with somebody that brought you through so much trauma and turmoil for real, I really want to know because me, I I'd just be done forever. Because you said even if you tried to mend a relationship, he was still rude, he was still nasty. I'm not finna do it. I don't care who you are, bro. I just don't. It was my dad, and I still wanted to be loved by my dad. I didn't feel that love from my dad. I didn't. It was just like a, an emptiness. And yeah, I know he was terrible, but okay, I'm his kid. Maybe that I can change that a little bit if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, like when you break up with somebody, like, okay, I can, you know, do this. Uh, like when you said in your last episode, I can say this or, you know, say that and she'll take me back. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it's not always like that. I think that's different, though, because an intimate relationship versus a blood relationship is totally different. Right. Uh, one thing that made me say, okay, this is, enough is enough is when my husband, I have car, um, Brandon's cousin, Mm-hmm. We were dating after What's I had up, my. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my two oldest kids are not his children, but you can't tell him that he doesn't. I mean, I remember my dad saying to me, "Why is he gonna buy the cow if the milk is free? Mm-hmm. He's not gonna ever love you. Those are not his kids. He doesn't want to be with somebody who has children. You're not good enough for him. Da 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 da. All these kind of things. And from I'm, your dad. From my dad. And I'm just wow. thinking, like, damn, I'm your child. Like, mm-hmm. you don't even know this man. Like. You're just stepping into getting to know me, honestly, and now you're getting to know somebody that I love and I care about. And I was like, okay, I I can't, mm-hmm. I can't. As much as I I still love you on the inside, I can't. You're you're terrible. You're toxic, mm-hmm. and you're like this because you don't know how to love people, and nobody's ever loved you the way you needed to be loved. Tell the story. Okay, so my dad got really sick. Um, and he got sick because he was an alcoholic. He started drinking. I mean, well, he was already drinking, but he had to eventually be put on dialysis. And y'all know what dialysis is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know what dialysis is, dialysis is where you filter out all the poisonous blood out of your system. It gets uh, filtered and 
the new blood gets into your system. So mm-hmm. once you're on dialysis, that's it. Like it's no, I'm ever gonna, I'm not gonna not be on dialysis anymore. You have to be on dialysis for the rest of your life, from what I know, anyway. Um, my dad got sick. He had to get on dialysis. Like I could tell, like he was getting really sick because he had like these knots on his arm. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't looking good. And so I wanted to, you know, be there for him because, like, my mama had, even though she was nice to him, she, you know, kicked him out. You gotta, you gotta go. You a, you a grown man. You gotta do what you gotta do. She washed her hands with him. My sister didn't want to have anything to do with him. It's like I'm literally like the only family that he has here, so I'm gonna make sure that he's okay. And then again, we got into it again because trash. And a couple of days, my daughter's birthday was December first. And Christmas was right around the corner. He was like, hey, come to the house because I have stuff for the kids. And I was like, I said, okay, well, I'll come over there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll come over there later, you know, later on today when I get off work. And when I got off work, I didn't go because I was tired. I didn't want to go. And so then he called maybe like two days later and left this really nasty voicemail. You were supposed to come over and I got the kids gifts and blah, blah, blah. And you never came. And I wanted to fix stuff with you and. You don't want to fix stuff with me, and now the ball is in your cart. When I'm dead and gone, you'll you know you'll remember this. Unbeknownst to me, my dad passed a couple of days later. A be- couple of days later, yes. After that, after this, wow. And I didn't know that. I guess he got tired. My daddy stopped taking, going to dialysis. Mm-hmm. And his next door neighbor had said that he wasn't like answering, or getting his mail or. Whatever, and they called my uncle, my great uncle, and my uncle called, get in touch with my mom and said, "Hey, like Scott is gone, he's passed." Mm-hmm. And so, oh, this is how Scotty got her name. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and um, my dad had been dead a couple of days before we had even realized that he was passed. Wow. So to answer your, how I feel about that is just I struggle with it because now I could have my my mind is telling me like you know you could have really fixed it like you could have you know. Your daddy could have really worked it out, and you could, he could still be here because you know, if y'all had to just worked it out. When in reality, is like no, I couldn't have saved my dad from dying. Like who am I to save somebody from dying? He was mm-hmm. gonna pass anyway. Mm-hmm. So I struggle with that like on a daily basis. I could have said something, or I could have went up. I could have seen my dad for the last time, but the last conversation I had with him is like it oh, wasn't good at all. At all, period. Like mm-hmm. I cried for a long. I went to a depression behind that like i could have the trajectory could have been changed a little bit possibly could mm-hmm. could you though like i really want to know like could you for could, real? could do you really think that you could have like he had a couple days left bro a couple days and i don't know like i'm i'm not speaking ill on the dead at all and i'm and i'm an ad but i'm an advocate for i don't know i just my personal feelings are it just sounds kind of selfish you knew you had a few days left. You knew it. You knew you only had a few days left. So I'm going to just call the people that I treated like trash for so long just to see if I can get one more little ounce of And that could have been it. Something. I mean, honestly. I don't know, bro. I just look at it so selfishly. I mean, what, you, what you're what you saying is could have some weight to it, could have some truth to it. My dad was mm-hmm. also manipulative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he could have like known the, that he was, you know, he could have known. Who knows how long he was off of dialysis? Like you know, you're if you're not on dialysis, you're going to pass. Like, oh yeah, because um, you have all that poison in your body. But like, I don't know. I don't know. I struggle with that. I don't know. I don't know. I, you can probably tell by the look on my face. <laughs> like, if only the audience could see the look on my face. Like, you, you have like a over it look. You know, sometimes people don't deserve you. In, in, in at, at some point, that's so, true. 
Yeah, so I think we're just brought up to believe that I'm your mama, I'm your daddy. You do as I say, not mm-hmm. as I do. Fuck that. <laughs> That's how like, I feel. I mean, you and break that right there. Yes, and I, you know what? I if I'm wrong, I have no um, qualms about apologizing to my children. Mm-hmm. Like I will apologize. I re- hey, like I hurt your feelings. I apologize. My intention was not to hurt your feelings. I'm sorry that I made you cry or X Y Z. And we weren't brought up like that. Mm-hmm. I'm your mama or I'm your daddy. I'm going to say these mean things to you. And how I'm apologize to you is like, okay, let's go get something to eat. Or are you hungry or you want to want to watch a movie or something like that? That's not an apology. Mm-hmm. Like, and we've been so damaged and it transfixes and it hurts the way that, like me specifically, it hurts. It is damaged the way I love. Like you can ask my husband now. Like I was, I don't see how he didn't leave me. Like to be honest, <laughs> I'm seriously, I don't see how he was able to love me. I really don't like because I was, and not saying that I'm perfect now. I'm still a little damaged. Seriously, yeah. Mm-hmm. You gonna be fighting it forever though. Yeah, I am. When did he pass? Um, he passed four years ago. Four years ago. So yeah. like, so you were 28 at the time. Yeah. So 28 years worth of you know stuff. You're trying to fight that in like four. Yeah. So it's gonna take you a while. It might take you eight to 10 years to get over the 28 that you know you had to go through yeah i always say that like i'm trying to fix stuff that was done to me and tw- or that i did to myself for 20 years and i'm trying to fix it in like one or two yeah so it takes a while but at least you are conscious enough to know that that's happening and that you actively ch- um trying to change that about yourself yeah some mornings i wake up it's like i really miss my dad today and it, i'm not i'm gonna be honest it wasn't always terrible like we had laughs, of course, and, you know, like, oh, my daddy said this, or he would call me Sally, or he would say this or say that. Like, damn, I, damn, I really miss my dad. And there's some mornings I could wake up like, oh, my dad was trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why was he this type of person? And I wish I could, I could wish I could do this for everybody. I wish I could, like, shrink down and get into, like, people's brains and, like, go through their little file cabinets in their brains. Like, why are you the way that you are? Like, mm-hmm. how... Like the like, SpongeBob episode. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. Yeah, when like, he was in his head, everything was in file cabinet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything. Was in examples. <laughs> yeah. And I have to like now as I get older, I have to realize my dad was a hurt person, and hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Misery loves company, mm-hmm. and then you have to decide if you're going to be part of that company or not. And I just refuse to be a part of anything that's going to be miserable. Like I have to be the best person I can be for my children and not only for my children, I have to be the best person I can be for me because mm-hmm. I have to be good for me to be good for them. Mm-hmm. I have to be a good parent for them. I have to wake up in the morning and say, all right, it's going to be a good day. Even if I don't feel like it's a good day, it's going to be a good day. Like I'm missing my dad, I'm missing my grandma. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So I just have to work through it. It's, it's something that I really struggle with. Mm-hmm. It's this class I take. It's mm-hmm. called pop culture and rhetoric. So we were talking about uh, Mary Poppins or something like that. I don't know what Mary Poppins is, but they explained that... You've never seen Mary Poppins? No. Oh, my goodness. We young niggas, man. I don't, You've never seen Mary Poppins I've, either? But I've never desired to see Mary Poppins. I'm a grandma. <laughs> man, a lot of... But everybody in there knows what it is. They got so excited, and they explained that the nanny, she basically, by the end, the value of what she was trying to teach the parents were that... How do you make them behave and do all the things you want is to just love them. Love was the answer. It's all about the love. We're going to, no matter how old you are, you're going to gravitate and listen to love. Like all of the other stuff is just going to make us rebel and just not want to. And we end up having these conversations where like, like, dang, I wish I would have went. But no, 
I wish they would have loved. Right. Had the conversation been a little bit different on my voicemail, like, hey, B, I really love you. Like, I apologize. I'm sorry. You know, let's talk. I would have been more... Okay, yeah. I'm finna come over. I was mm-hmm. thinking the same you thing. Yeah. I was just thinking it in my head. But I already knew it was gonna be some bullshit. Like I can tell on my <laughs> <laughs> on my voicemail. Like, oh, he mad. He been drinking or whatever. I don't feel like dealing with this. I'm just getting off work. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. Had the conversation had the conversation been different, like you said, full of love, mm-hmm. then it mm-hmm. it could have gone. I mean, he could still pass. Like I don't know, but at least I would have felt better. Yeah, it so would have been so fault. totally yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. You saying it's not my fault, but I, you know, still, like I'm transfixed to yeah. struggle with that. Uh, uh-huh. and, yeah, I, I and I feel that. So once a year, you do like this self audit that you were talking about. Tell yes. me more about that. So, um, and it does, it's not really. At the top of the year, at the end of the year, I just, whenever I feel it's necessary. Like, I did it the other day while I was at work. I wrote down a list of my qualities that I feel like I have. Like, okay, I know that, um, I may not see it all the time, but I feel like I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, the people who are close to me, you know, they love and care about me. And then I wrote all my terrible qualities. Like, okay, I'm a procrastinator. I'm trash. Well, not trash, but I'm procrastinator. <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> you say you're going to lose weight. You ain't got to the gym yet. Brandon, don't beat me up. And so I've done the self audit like, okay, so the people that are in my circle, are they helping me or are they hindering me? Mm-hmm. Are they loving me or are they just coaxing over, just saying stuff? I feel that it's going to make me feel good, giving me the answers that I want to hear at the time. Mm-hmm. And I checked it off. Okay, no, nobody in my circle is full of it. Okay. Um, okay, so now let's move on to you. Are you... X, Y, and Z. So I just I just filter out all the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've even done it to my social media. Like, I don't follow Shade Room because mm-hmm. it's full of negativity. Uh, I don't want to read comments all day about Soldier Boy and why he got, why you got so many businesses. I mean, what? Big Draco. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect, Big like, Draco. So many businesses. First of all. Right. I mean, that was a stupid that question. Was a dumb I, question. That was a dumb I, question. They were really trying to play Big Soldier like he ain't out here and he ain't a legend, a living legend. <laughs> Man, y'all been. Hold on, bro. We getting off. We getting off subject because I have my own opinions about that. But yeah, I only follow people who motivate me mm-hmm. and make me want to get out of bed and say, "Okay, let's conquer the day. Let's do this." Like I follow Brandon on every social media. Brandon is really killing it. I follow podcasts that make me feel good. I don't listen to any music in the morning when I'm getting ready for work. Like, I used to listen to the radio and Ricky Smiley morning show every morning when I got up. But more morning, I was like, this is really cluttering my brain. Like, I cannot. I wake up at 4.30 in the morning to go to work. Mm-hmm. And that's not the first thing I want. I don't want to listen to Lil Baby and Gun the first thing in the morning when I wake <laughs> up. I really don't. Like, I have to get my mind right. I need to tune my mind because I'm getting ready to go in here. And I know, guess what? When I go to work, it's going to be some bullshit. Uh-huh. So I'm getting ready. I need to mentally my, prepare yourself. Yes, and I don't listen to the radio on the way home. I need to. I need to unwind because my husband doesn't live in Memphis. My husband got a job and he lives in South Carolina, so it's just me and the kids. Mm-hmm. So to work and on the way home from work, it's the only time I have to myself. It's immediate mom mode. Mm-hmm. So I just need that time to relax and chill. And I've started meditating. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as yeah. I, I added yeah. that in my life too, and bro, oh my god, it makes you feel so much better. Overnight differences. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just I've been researching how to meditate for real. I mean, and you don't even have to. I mean, it's not it's like no you proper ha- way to do. Yeah, it. I mean, mm-hmm. I write. Okay. I noticed that if I 
Speaking my meditations, I get off track because I'm trying to do stuff like get ready for work or do whatever. I write my stuff down. Mm-hmm. I have a little notebook that I write in every morning. And I'm not going to say it's tricking your mind, but it's tuning your mind to be like, okay, see the positivity in the word instead of the negativity. It's training mm-hmm. your subconscious. Yes. That's what I've read because uh, our subconscious is something that we built over time. Mm-hmm. Think Things that we think or don't uh, or not consciously thinking things that are just jammed into our brain that we just auto that automatically come to our brain you're like retraining and reprogramming your brain that's what i that's what i call yeah. it because when i had to get into weight loss i had to real deal reprogram my brain to so when i get up or when i'm parking the, doing simple stuff like parking the car i park in the back or doing simple stuff like when i walk into a building i don't take the elevator because you subconsciously think oh it's easier to just take the elevator right. but no you have to consciously be like oh I'm gonna just take the stairs, right? Burn more calories, like. Mm, so that's what meditating is. Yeah, yeah it just, just makes you more. Yeah, yeah, it makes you just more aware. Okay. It's, um, why do I have? Why do I do this instead of doing that? Meditating allows all the bullshit that you think about to like flow out of you. So when your father passed away, it sparked anxiety and depression. Yeah. Does that affect your kids at all, or does it affect your home at all? How does it affect your life? I don't know if it affects my children or not. I really can't say. I'll have to ask them that. Um, well, I, you know what? I did. Talking to my daughter. She's 12. And I was talking to my husband as well. And I was telling them, I, was, I just don't feel it. Like, I ain't been feeling it lately. And they were both like, what you mean? Like, I'm just depressed. And, you know, the number one answer for depression is, well, what you depressed for? You you got it good. You got mm-hmm. a roof over your head. You got this. You got that. You. People and, always and try to say stuff like this. They didn't say that, but, you know, that's mm-hmm. what people say. It's like I don't use the word depression. It's not how depression people. works. But, yeah, that's not dep- how depression works. I could just get up and just be, like, mm-hmm. sad one day. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. It's, it's, it's a chemical imbalance. It's mm-hmm. not anything that I can mm-hmm. turn off and turn on. But I told them, I was like, I I know I'm depressed because I haven't combed my hair in three days. I literally have worn my scarf for three Ooh, days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I'm depressed because I have to make myself get in the shower. Like, I have to, like, Brittany, get up. It's time to get in the shower. It's time to do this. It's time to do that. I have to, like, take myself step by step, step by step, step by step. And like I said, I'm still struggling with my dad passing. Like, it's something that. It's just because it was I think I'm struggling with it because it wasn't expected. Mm-hmm. You know how you can expect. OK, my grandma's 86. Like mm-hmm. at any time she could. Mm-hmm. Or somebody in the hospital. Right. You know, you can see it like, you know, mm-hmm. they're getting ready to pass. But yeah. I didn't see this. So. They just caught you way off guard. Yeah. It was like it took my breath away. It's like, you know, you're drinking a Sprite from McDonald's. It's like, <gasps> OK. Yeah, that mm-hmm. McDonald's Sprite, boy. It was just too much. It was just like out of nowhere. Yes. You just drop versus, you know, like on a roller coaster, you can go yes. up. So you preparing for it. But out of nowhere, you just drop. I've never gotten over my grandmother passing either. And I never gotten over it because my grandma passed suddenly too. Like one day she was fine and the next she was not. And how my grandma passed was, like I said, my dad was an alcoholic. My grandma was an alcoholic. And my grandmother got wasted the night before, sent my dad to go, you know, woke up the next morning, sent my dad to go get her something to eat from McDonald's. She was trying to, you know, make the alcohol come up and choked. Mm-hmm. And that's how she passed. Oh, wow. God. And it was just like, okay, now I got two deaths that I can't really just that process. Was his mom, right? process. Yeah, his mom. You know. Okay. And I mean, it was a you know a couple years apart, but this was like, why does everybody in my life keep just dying for no reason? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it was no reason. Have you noticed it's tied <coughs> to their health? Yes. Their health deteriorating like yes. so bad, and them not 
given enough of a damn about themselves to change their health. Yes. I've noticed that. And that's that's a that's why I'm a big advocate for that. Like mm-hmm. I ain't even the people in my household, they know they eat like shit, and they know I see them eat like shit, but I don't mm-hmm. say nothing to them because they, they know I got the blueprint. <laughs> yeah. yes. They know I got the blueprint. Brittany, Brittany see me drinking this smoothie. She like, let me try let me try some of that. Let me do some of that. Well, you know what? With um, I struggle with weight loss, too. I really want to. It's not a certain weight that I want to get to. It's not. I just know when I look in the mirror, I'm like, okay. I'm good with how I look and I struggle with that because I have anxiety or Brandon's gonna fuss at this but it's hard and mm-hmm. it's hard because but you know losing weight is gonna it's it's gonna be hard nothing comes easy can I interrupt you real quick yes I know it's hard <laughs> like uh I'm working with somebody right now that's like half my size mm-hmm. she was like I just hate working out I just can't stand this shit and I'm just like damn bro don't you think I hated working right. out at 315 pounds mm-hmm. like I had to build a right. love you have to build a love for it mm-hmm. and Another thing, too, I haven't been I don't want people to just think that I'm just like consistently like straight healthy every like every day, all day. Like, no, bro, I eat what I want. But I ain't gonna lie. I've been a little depressed for like the last two or three weeks. I've been eating like shit, like eating like trash. It got to the point where like my brain would just be like, don't go to the gym today. Yeah. Like, don't do that. But I, I understand what it is and I understand where it's coming from. So another thing we can talk about is depression breaking habits. Mm people i don't people get depressed but they don't know how to come out of that yes i'm trying to figure out how to love myself enough to get up and go to the gym or get up mm-hmm. and comb my hair so mm-hmm. what i've been doing lately is kind of tricking my brain like okay um you're sad today let's go in the mirror let's put some makeup on okay girl you got that highlighter on you look good like okay yeah. and that mm-hmm. tricks my brain I'm like oh okay today's gonna be a great day mm-hmm. or do that thing that you're avoiding because when you True. your depression kicks in, the things that you do that make you happy, depression makes you be like, man, don't do that shit. That's very true. Bro, when I go to the, when I tell you my brain tells me not to go to the gym when I'm feeling down, if I just like fight past it just a little bit and drive myself to the gym, because I'm not going to drive Before there you know that you're done with the workout. Yeah. And then <laughs> you feel so much better. And that big smile come on your face like, oh, yeah. my gosh, I came and I'm done. Like, damn, I feel good. Because especially because you know that you're fighting to get there. When yeah. you are when you do something that you your mind was telling you not to do, that you really need to do, mm-hmm. that's like the best feeling. It's the best it's yeah. the depression best feeling. kicker. Asser. Mm-hmm. Kick, the best depression what, kicker asser. When yeah. I do go to the gym, it feels like, you know, I feel all those endorphins and that just feels like the best high you can ever yeah. have mm-hmm. it's like oh i actually accomplished something mm-hmm. like no the skill doesn't say i accomplished something but like i can mm-hmm. feel yeah. my body changing like i accomplished yeah. I, I need to those get back off to the scale gains yes. that's what i call them off the scale gains like have you noticed you're breathing better when you walk up the stairs are you mm-hmm. tired yeah like the the scale may not always tell you that you're getting better but the things outside, like when you breathe in, do you feel all that mucus in your mouth, like in your in your head and stuff like that? Yeah. Those off the scale gains are pretty dope. Your father passed. Mm-hmm. You are struggling with that after the fact, knowing that y'all didn't get your relationship right. You try to tell your husband to, you know, have a great relationship with his father. And tell me more about that right there. Ooh, I don't know if he wants me to talk about it a lot, but mm-hmm. I'll just say the minimum. I'm about to give a brief synopsis. Um, him and his dad do not have the best relationship, and I just try to 
tell him those things like, hey, I know how it feels, like, not to make him feel guilty, but, hey, I know how it feels not to have a parent, so maybe you could reach out to your dad and say, you know, you know, just have a conversation with them, let them see the baby. Um, but now it's hard, of course, because he's not here. But like Brandon said, I understand of reaching out to somebody, reaching out to somebody, reaching out to somebody, and they still don't want to reciprocate or, you know, show you the love that you need to receive. Mm-hmm. And if, I mean, he doesn't want to do it. He's a grown man. I can't make him, mm-hmm. you know, talk to his dad. But I try to, you know, like stay in his ear like, hey, you know, just he's alive. At least, you know, speak to him or whatever. But it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Although somebody did go through something before you, like this podcast is showing the world a lot of stories of people going through things and trying to help somebody else avoid the mistake before it's too late, before they lose their parent before um just they lose their house or whatever i want to say that people aren't willing to give up certain stuff because when you meet people who give you the blueprint on how to do things Mm -hmm. people aren't willing to go through what that person went through through. Uh to do it because man when you start telling them what they have to sacrifice because Mm -hmm. to be honest anything worth having in this life is gonna require some sacrifice Mm mm-hmm it, anything, anything worth having, because if any, because if it was easy to get, mm-hmm. everybody would have it. Yeah, that's something I struggle with still. Like, and I had to realize: do I want my daughter to be like me, or and do I want myself to be like my dad? Because that's a whole nother cycle. I don't want to raise children who are going to therapy because of me. Mm-hmm. I want to raise citizens who are <laughs> citizens. No, well, not <laughs> citizens. I want to raise healthy kids who are able to think for themselves who are able to process their emotions I wasn't able to do that I was not able to process my emotions um, the way I needed to because my parents were too busy going through their own bullshit my dad was too busy hitting on my mama and my mama was too busy getting hit on and providing for her family like it was just way too much I wasn't given that space and when I became a parent I remember looking at my daughter in the hospital like okay I can't do this like I have to be a better person for you and I have to be a healthy person for you because you're gonna you're gonna see everything I do mm-hmm. and you're gonna suck it up like a sponge and now my daughter is like the best thing that's ever happened to me my daughter has really changed my life she really really has because I have to look at the things I have to look at myself in the mirror and be like okay do I want Maya to be this woman mm-hmm. do I want her to say these things to a man because who knows what she you know get smart with a man these boys nowadays who knows what they'll do like mm-hmm. you know I want her to be able to process her emotions and her feelings as an adult and be able to have adult conversations even at 12 years old like hey I am feeling this way because of x y and z mm-hmm. I don't want her to put her emotions into a conversation I want her to be able to give facts mm-hmm. in her conversations I tell her all the time, don't let, even though I struggle with this, like as I go through stuff in life, Mm -hmm. I make that a lesson for my kids. Like, hey, don't do that. I'm struggling with this, but you do this because this is the right way. Mm -hmm. Don't do it because I'm doing it. Well, not as I say, not as I, you know, do as I say, not as I do. But Mm -hmm. this boy at my son's school called my son gay. Wow. And fine words. He's (laughs) at this time, um, at this time, he was in fourth grade. Do you know what gay means? Yeah, I know what gay means. Okay, well, what does gay mean? Um, Well, gay means, you know, if you're a boy, you like another boy. I said, okay, so what's the problem with it? I said, are you gay? No, I'm not gay. I said, well, if you were gay, I would still love you the same, right? Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with me who you like. This Mommy doesn't care about that. 
I said, but you need to tell that little boy he needs to learn how to say other things mm. to hurt your feelings yeah, if that's what he's going to try to do. Those mm-hmm. kids are taught that being gay right. is bad. Mm-hmm. And being gay. Yeah. I, and I told him, yeah. I said, being gay is not bad. Mm-hmm. And you're not gay, so it and shouldn't bother gay, you. So it, right. Absolutely. I mm-hmm. said, you're not gay, so it shouldn't bother you. That's yeah. not something you need to worry about. I said, he's just trying to get an emotion out of you and said, what did you do? You gave him an emotion. Yep. Mm-hmm. You show him that you were upset. I said, so next time you go up to school, he call you gay, let it roll off your back like a duck out of water. Mm-hmm. That's just that on there. I never heard that before, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, being a mother has really changed my life. Yeah. It's the best. Thing. I That's think dope. I was made to be a mother, mm-hmm. to be honest. What advice would you like to give to the parents out there who is in an abusive situation, whether they are the person that's getting abused or the person that is the abuser? Um, a lot of people just say leave, um, like it's just super simple. Mm-hmm. Leaving a situation like that is not super simple, especially if you have children. Mm-hmm. You have a home together, you have children together, you have houses together. Not only that, but this person has made you fit for your life, so you may be scared that they're going to kill you or whatever. Just, I would say, take the steps to get prepared to leave. Like, mm-hmm. get your stuff in order if you need to separate bank account if you need to do this or you need to do that or if you're the person who's abusing somebody why are you abusing this person hold on let me interrupt that Uh can i interrupt that yeah sometimes people don't think that they're doing anything wrong that's true that's a big thing so to the people that know somebody that's out here doing some fuck shit i'm gonna need y'all to be more hero like and less of a i'm a mind my business type because that can spiral on to other things. If you know somebody's beating the hell out their kids, bro, you need to step in. Yeah, those aren't your, those might not be your kids, but bro, you need to take some kind of action because them kids can grow up a little more messed up than they already are. So, mm-hmm. bro, or nothing, even the spouse. Yeah, nothing happens when you mind your business. The greatest heroes on this planet are people that did not mind their business. Absolutely, think about mm-hmm. that. To your point, when you just said, like, you can leave the child more damaged if you don't step up and do anything, or, you know, some people don't think they're actually doing anything wrong. My dad was so manipulative. Like, he would say, I never hit your mama. I never did this. Mm -hmm. I never did that. Oh, my God. And it was to the point where I was like, did I make this shit up? Like, have Mm -hmm. I made my whole life up? Did I dream these things? And that transpires into now. Like, it's some things like, you could ask me, and I will legit not remember. Mm-hmm. I will not remember, and it's it makes me really sad. And I think that's something that aids my anxiety because, like, some shit I just can't decipher from reality, and not mm-hmm. I just I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it makes me really scared. It really, really does. But like Brandon said, it's if you know somebody is being abused, if somebody has come to you and said, "Hey, my boyfriend is hitting me." My wife is hitting me because women hit men to do something to help. Mm-hmm. Um, you may feel like you don't want to get involved in that because it's a messy situation. But these people need help. Like they're not they're not saying it for no reason. They're mm-hmm. saying it because they need some kind of help. Or people that don't speak out. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know. Can you just imagine, like, if you were in a relationship with somebody and Brandon sees that you have a black eye? Mm-hmm. Brandon says something to your significant other. About him hitting on you. Mm-hmm. You come home and you get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's why they're scared to say something because yeah. they could be. Yes. Yeah. You're and, right. But you're there right. are precautions right. we can take because yeah. me as a friend, if I care about you, I'm like, nah, bro, you're not going home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not going home today. And we gon' and we gon' and yeah. And another thing too, they like 
to protect the other person because they love them mm-hmm. or whatever, man, fuck all that. If somebody beat, if somebody putting their hands on you or any type of abuse, mm-hmm. that needs to be reported. And that because those people, they're not necessarily bad people, but they just need help. They need mm-hmm. rehabilitation. Yeah. What advice would you give to the children that were in your shoes, that are in your shoes? It's nothing that you're doing. I would say if you're able, find somebody who can mentor you. It's easier said than done. But a lot of times I feel like the abuse was my fault for whatever reason. I don't I don't know why. As an adult, I can't process why I thought that as a kid. But be there. It's not your responsibility because you're the child and you didn't ask to be here. But be there for the victim as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the person who is getting abuse i tried to be there for my mom um as emotionally as i could when i was a kid that made me have a lot of tough skin that i didn't need to have but you know see if you can find anybody that can help your parent or whoever is in trouble i mean it's not really your place not i really can't give advice to kids because i I mean it's just such a a touchy subject like you can't just like that's mm-hmm. why I encourage other people. If you see this shit happening, step in. Because right, you, kids can't, they have not, to go home. Right. I mean, and people don't really always believe kids for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't understand this shit either. Look, I, baby, if my kids say, <laughs> these my kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't have a reason not to believe you until you give me otherwise. Like, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, like I said, it's a touchy subject. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I wish I had the answer for that. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I was one of those kids. This was a really great conversation. You know, it really hit home for a lot of things that I went through. So you didn't know, but you was really um, helping me out a lot. And uh, (laughs) yeah, and just making a lot of things make sense. You know, my father is in my life. People already know I haven't seen him so long until we reunited in 2018. But I've always been open to having him in my life because whatever he did is what he did. God is going to judge him for what he did. Right. God going to judge me for what I do. Right. So I I was rebellious at a point, but I was like, you know what? If he want to love me, I'm going to let him love me. I'm going to let him give me some money. I'm going to let him come pick me up. I'm going to let him do all of these things because I don't want to be in a situation where, you know, my father passed away and I didn't allow him. But there's other situations other than mine. Yours is totally different. Right. You would have allowed your father to love you. You would have allowed him to. It's just that how that conversation with he came at you so different if he would have came in with love yes if he hadn't came at me sideways Mm -hmm. then i would have it would have been something totally different you never know how your story can just help somebody out but i'm so glad you came thank you i'm so glad (laughs) thank you so much for listening to another episode of the britney mac podcast thank you britney davis thank you brandon morris for talking to us i hope you all enjoy tune in next week for next week's episode Bye. 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 Sugo, everybody.